Engaging Leader, episode 144, Best Communication Tools for Teamwork, brought to you by Aspendale Communications and by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. Hope life is terrific for you. I've just been in the midst of an office remodel. And one of the cool things has been that uh, the recording studio previously was in a separate area of my office in a sit-down desk. And with the new configuration, I've been able to uh, move all the recording studio equipment over to my standing desk, which is where I work all day long. And I I have a tall stool, so I tend to, oh, about half of the day I'm sitting on the stool and the other half of the day I'm standing. But I tend to find that I have a bit more energy when I'm standing, and so it'll be interesting to see if that carries through in the podcast, if I've got a little more energy than I otherwise would uh, sitting all the time. Let me know if you think you notice a difference. Speaking of energy, we're going to be talking about getting stuff done and collaborative work on a team, and uh, energy has a big uh, role in that, and uh, the types of communication tools that we use actually impact our energy. Now, an engaging leader, we share a lot of principles about leadership communication, but what about collaboration communication? In other words, what's the most effective and efficient way to talk to the colleagues and clients you work with most closely, the, the people you work with most closely, in order to do great work together? What's the the single best tool? Well, that's a trick question because there isn't yet a single communication tool that's best for every moment of collaboration. The answer depends on several factors, and we're going to discuss those quickly, and then we're going to share my current favorite tool for each of these different situations. This occurred to me as a, as a good topic for Engaging Leader because recently uh, I had three project teams that were brand new to me where I was... Uh, assembling uh, a different cast of characters, if you will. Each one has a, a team of colleagues that I was working with, as well as uh, clients that we were working with. And this happens a lot, but it just hit me because it was three new teams all, pretty much all at the same time. And all three of these teams, the default communication tools that everybody felt assumed that we were going to be working with were the same three tools that people have been using since the mid-90s. In-person meetings, email, and conference calls. Now, I have no problem with in-person meetings. As long as you don't overdo them, I think a lot of people have meetings in lieu of doing work. It's like they don't know how to work by themselves, so they only can get things done when they put a bunch of people in the room and talk, and somebody ends up writing down what's talked, and that becomes the work product. But generally speaking, I think it's fine. In-person meetings are a useful part of most uh, work that we do. But email and conference calls, my gosh, talk about being stuck in the mid-90s. Is there a time and place for email? Yes. Is there a time and place for conference calls? Yes. But for those two to be the primary means of collaborative communication is very inefficient and very ineffective, and yet 
it's the default for so many people, it seems, outside of high-tech companies. It's like, I, I don't know, the rest of the world, all we know how to do is email and conference calls. So I'm speaking um, rather energetically right now, but uh, what I did in these cases, which I always do, is try to gently move the project team over to some alternative and uh, newer and more effective communication tools. And usually when that happens, there's a little bit of resistance up front. Uh, there's some confusion because there's some, at least somebody or multiple people on the team that just uh, feel uncomfortable doing any d new technology. But there's always this, and so we don't always make a complete change as much as I would like, but often we do completely uh, convert over to more uh, efficient and effective communication tools. But there's always this point, whether we move a little or a lot, where um, pretty much everybody on the team will say, wow, I'm sure glad we are working this way. I don't see how we could have gotten it done nearly so well if we had just stuck with email and just plain conference calls. Now, I'm not a fan of just doing something new or techy because it's the latest thing. Uh, the question is, what is going to be most effective at any given moment? And there's 10 considerations when picking a communication tool at any given moment. The first consideration is, do, should this communication be in person or some sort of virtual or electronic method? Almost every project has some moment when an in-person meeting is going to be necessary. And it's a rare project that wouldn't be better if you have at least some moments when you're in person so that you can develop a relationship, even if it's just going to be for the short time of an assignment, so you can uh, get to know each other better, um, have a, a higher level of trust, understand uh, each other's mannerisms a little bit and personality, and that's very difficult with uh, unless you're in person. That being said, uh, avoid feeling like everything has to be in person, because again, you're talking, you're off, you're quickly getting to a point where you have a, a lot of people in a room. There's certain kinds of work that it would just be better to have one or maybe two people working together. And uh, the more you make people sit in meetings, the more they're going to start multitasking anyway. And so you're not really getting their full uh, attention and creativity. Number two is real-time versus on-demand. If you're listening to the podcast, you know what on-demand is. It's You're listening to the podcast when it suits your timing compared to radio where you would have to listen to me at a specific time of the day and a specific day of the week. So on-demand means that you, um, the sender can send the communication whenever, but the recipient can listen to it uh, at their convenience or at least at their most uh, at their earliest convenience I guess so the question is what level of collaboration is, is needed is this a, a brainstorming session where or a troubleshooting session where we're really gonna work a lot faster if we can be live with each other uh, if so then go see that person or schedule a, a time or pick up the phone and call them the one of the and a lot of times that seems faster to do real-time but quite often those types of conversations get delayed because they need to be fit into people's schedules. And so that is a, a big reason why uh, a lot of times on-demand is going to be preferable because you can just make the conversation happen 
quicker because people can fit it into their own day, just like you're fitting this podcast into your day when it's best for you. Number three is focusing versus distraction inviting. This is my number one reason, well, one of my key reasons why I uh, hate email. I avoid uh, using email whenever possible for project communications. Uh, for one thing, if you are using email as your primary communication tool for a project, everybody on the project then needs to usually needs to stay glued to their email all day long so they've got the latest information. And then that just invites them to get distracted all day long by all the different emails that they're getting. Uh, secondly, when you sit down, when any person on the project team sits down to actually do their next step of work, if all the information that they need to do their that, that next step is in email, then they got to go through their email to find that, and then they're quickly going to be open to being distracted by other emails that they see on different topics, uh, as well as brand new emails, and that, all, of course, always feels urgent. So my preference when I sit down to do work is to have my email closed, if I can, I'll help it, and just focus on the work at hand and have all my information that I need at hand. And so if we are get sharing information and collaborating in some other medium besides email, that allows me to stay more focused. So first of all, we had number one was in-person versus virtual. Number two, real-time versus on-demand. Number three, again, was focusing versus distraction inviting. Number four is typed versus spoken audio versus visual. On any given project, most of us are doing a lot of typed communication. Again, maybe you're doing a bunch of emails. So, uh, and you know the, the pros and cons of that. It, it can be slower. You've got to uh, actually sit down and type up where, what you're going to say. There's all, you also lose a lot of the nuances of spoken audio. So if you're having a phone conversation with somebody, uh, you can read into what each other is saying. You don't have to be super precise all the time. But if you're putting your communication into writing in an email or, or a different format, um, at least I tend to spend a lot more time making sure, rereading what I wrote and making sure it's, it's precise. Uh, the th so the, I'm going to share some other tools with you besides not just phone calls, but there's other tools that allow uh, you to send messages uh, in an audio way. Well, I'll just say right up front, one of the tools that I like a lot is Voxer, which is a product out there that has a free version and a paid version. And it works kind of like a walkie-talkie is how they talked about themselves. But to me, it's more like an on-demand walkie-talkie. So I can send you a message and you can listen to it when you get around to it and you can um, reply. And the messages can be uh, text-based or they can be audio-based. So uh, whereas if we're texting back and forth or emailing back and forth, again, I'm being kind of precise and... I might write a whole paragraph to explain exactly what I mean, and then a lot of times I end up basically making a decision for you. You ask me a question, and I'm trying to respond, and I basically reduce everything to black and white. But if I send you a an audio message on Voxer, and I say, well, um, that's a good question. You know, sometimes I would do this, sometimes I do that. Mm, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking I, would, I might go that, this way, but whatever you think. And I can just... It, make that much more quicker and you can Im immediately hear the gray areas and the ambiguities and complexities in my answer. So it doesn't, 
And that's real life. So you're not getting uh, a black and white answer. Hey, here's the answer. Do exactly this. Um, it allows me to have a lot more uh, gray if it's appropriate in what I'm telling you. And a good leader usually lets the people on their team make their own decisions as opposed to trying to make the decisions for all of them. And by the way, it was a lot quicker. I, I, I might have spent 5, 10, 15 minutes composing a reply, unless it was a super simple answer, uh, if, I were, if I were typing it. But uh, in audio, I, it would only be a, a 15-second message, or at most one or two minutes if I had to do a lot of uh, talking about it. So typed versus spoken audio versus visual. So many of the times, we spend a lot of, there's a lot of wasted effort, emails going back and forth, for example, when a simple visual would have solved it. Just, here's a screen capture with an arrow pointing to the part I'm talking about. Or here is a video of recording of my screen where I'm telling, showing you the problem that I'm having with this software. And uh, you can, in 15 seconds or one minute, see exactly what I'm talking about instead of me trying to describe in written format. I clicked on here, and then I clicked on there, and then I clicked on there, and uh, what happened was such and such, and uh, it's just a lot slower. So it's just a consideration. Is this most communication that I'm about to do, is it most appropriate to be typed versus spoken audio versus visual? And that's going to affect what communication tool you pick. Number five is closely related. Uh, and that is the consideration, is this best as a non-visual communication versus screen sharing versus a webcam? Uh, when I say screen sharing, another term for that is webcast. And when I say webcam, another term for that is video conference. So uh, let's just talk about this in the context of a traditional conference call. Over and over and over again, I, I, I see project teams that schedule a conference call. So everyone calls in maybe a couple people are in a room together but but they're calling into everybody else and you're talking through something and inevitably uh, you're going to be look discussing some document for example a draft that someone has put together and so okay let's everybody share your comments on this document and uh, it becomes a very slow and tedious conversation when it's purely a, te a telephone conference call non-visual because um, before you know it, somebody says, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Oh, 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 I'm on the wrong page. Um, or you thought you all agreed on a certain sentence, and then the next day you realize that, no, we didn't agree on that. I, 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 did, I thought we uh, talked about these words. If you could just be looking at the same screen together, those kinds of confusions go away immediately. The conversation goes faster and is a lot more effective. So um, I always, when I do a conference call, I make sure that we have the option for screen sharing so that with a click of a button, somebody on the call can be sharing their screen if it's appropriate. And then there's also calls where it's helpful to see people's faces. The, the, the conversations, uh, we can pick up the visual cues from each other. We can see, um, how do I interpret what you just said? Were you smiling? Are you joking? Are you... Uh, stressed about something. So that's an important consideration. Is it okay if this is a non-visual communication or should there be screen sharing also known as webcast or should there be webcam also known as video conference? 
Number six is silent versus audible. To me, it's not always, this is, I wouldn't say this is a, a major thing that I think about, but the, um, it usually is if, if I know someone's in a meeting and I need to get a message through to them, I obviously need to, it to be a silent message. They can't listen to my Foxer message while they're in the middle of a meeting. Or if I'm trying to communicate to somebody that who is traveling, um, you know, they're in an airport or any kind of uh, situation like that, typically visual is better. And I will say that there's just certain, uh, when you think about the people on your team, some of them are going to prefer silent stuff more because that's just their personality. And I know that uh, millennials, silence is a, ten, when you talk to millennials, it tends to be a bigger value for them. They like silent communication. That being said, um, I the silent versus audible part to me is secondary. Um, yes, it, basically if I know they're somewhere where an audible type message isn't the best for them, but I don't really care too much about their personality on this topic. We'll talk a little bit later down the list on where I think personality does is important. Number seven is instant or urgent versus at convenience. So if I'm most, I would say 95% on any given day of the communication I do, I don't have the expectation that this person has to get back to me immediately or even within an hour or so. Most communication uh, is, it's okay as long as they get, the sort of general expectation is get back to me within 24 hours um, is, is, is the norm. If we've got a, a project together that we're collaborating on, then you tend to hope that you can hear from each other within an hour or two. Um, but still, that's going to be at convenience. We've got project management tools where we're communicating at that kind of, con- at that kind of cadence. But we all have situations where there's an instant or urgent communication and we need a communication tool that lets us reach the people on our team that way within reason. So if you're on a call, uh, let's say you ha- you're, you're in a meeting with somebody and you need you, you discover that Jane is not there, it's three minutes past, the meeting was supposed to start, where is she? You need to be able to uh, send her some kind of uh, an instant message on some tool that you are pretty confident she's going to pick up uh, immediately and be able to get back to you. Or if you've got a quick question for somebody. Um, I And I know some people abuse that and they're, tech, they're instant messaging people at odd hours of the night or weekends. Um, and, I, you know, just based on the culture of your team and your and the way you work together, uh, you just have to manage that. And our team, unless we have super um, urgent deadlines or something, we tend to keep those kinds of messaging to uh, normal work hours, standard business hours, I should say. So that's uh, instant versus at convenience is, is the seventh consideration. The eighth consideration might sound a little weird to you. Introverted versus extroverted. Hmm? What does that matter? Well, just it's it's a consideration in terms of the how it affects the energy for you and the other person or persons that you're communicating with, as well as what's the their sort of speed of thinking. So, for example, um, there's some people on my team who are pretty introverted. So they. Uh, if you expect them to be in meetings all day long, they're going to get exhausted. That's just not how they get energized. And also, compared to someone who's extroverted, they you would say they don't think on their feet as quickly. They're, they do best when they can 
consider something quietly and then give a, a, an answer or a thought or consideration in their own time. That all sounds very foreign, though, to the people on my team who are very extroverted. And they actually get frustrated if they can't have live conversations all the time. Let's, we got, I got, I got to get, you know, I think best out loud and I need to get these feelings uh, across. And um, so they would actually feel good if they could just talk about stuff all day long and get work done that way. And then there's people like me, I'm an ambivert and I need to have like roughly half of my time uh, working live with people, preferably face to face. Uh, and other, other half of my time, I need to be quiet sort of creative work. Uh, and I get de-energized either way if I, if I have to all day long be in meetings or if, I have, um, if I'm just quiet all by myself, isolated all day long. So it's just, it doesn't have to be your top com- consideration, but when you um, are going to communicate with someone, it's just a, it's something to take into consideration. Is this going to de-energize me or the other person? And secondly, what's the speed of thought that's needed here? Uh, is, there's no point in me taking up an hour of that person's time when they're not really going to give me their best thinking because they're introverted and they would do better to have some kind of short communication than let them go think about it. Or, or in my case, let's say I've already had three or four hours of meetings and conference calls today and you, someone on my team contacts me and said, hey, can we talk about such and such? I'm probably going to tell them no unless it's some kind of emergency. I'd, um, I'm sort of out of that kind of energy for today. And so let's either have a message board conversation or let me send you uh, an audio message on Voxer and you can reply on Voxer and we can do a little bit of on-demand communication that way. But um, I don't have the, the right energy today to do another phone call with you. Uh, you may say, no, it's only going to be five minutes, but... Typically, those five-minute phone calls end up stretching to 15, 20 minutes or an hour, and uh, then I just end up being exhausted for the day and, lo- and just losing my true creativity and productivity. Number nine out of the ten is um, organized. In other words, most communications are best when, if, if, you can, if it's threaded, if, if, if you can keep the topic organized um, if you can keep the discussion organized by that topic. Uh, so on a message board, you're going to have a thread, and people are commenting or replying on that thread, and everything stays nice and organized. Uh, contrast that with email. And I know there are some email clients that allow threaded conversations, but not. it's very difficult to ensure that everybody is, on that is, uh, is looking at it in a threaded format. And so typically, if you're trying to have a discussion with, let's say, three or f- more people on email, there's always going to be somebody who missed, didn't see a certain reply, um, or they respond to the wrong, not the latest version of the email, or they grab the latest document that you guys are trying to talk about. And so it, it or someone replies on a, with a completely different topic and um, confuses people and uh, they're just confusing each other. So um, that's one of the, that's the second, if there's two reasons I hate email, one is that distractibility factor, and second is because it's not organized by message threads, and we start getting um, all sorts of responses all over the place, and people getting out of sync and confusing each other.
So number nine is, um, is, should the tool be organized or threaded? And finally, number 10, should it be something that's searchable? Uh, in other words, am I ever going to need, the information that, I, that we get in this conversation, is it going to be something that we're going to need at our fingertips in the current project or even, let's say, a month from now or a year from now? Um, mo- by and large, it's real. It's helpful if the information that you're sharing back and forth is archived some way that is searchable, so you can pull it up when you need it. So those are ten considerations when picking a communication tool at any given moment. Now we're going to talk about my favorite communication tools for teamwork that address those considerations. But first. I want to just take a minute to tell you about FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Now, before I founded Aspendale Communications in 2004, I worked at a couple of larger consulting firms. We had really clunky systems for keeping track of our billable time and then invoicing clients. Everybody hated doing it, and we put it off until the last possible minute. Well, with Aspendale, we wanted to avoid that situation. And thanks to FreshBooks, we do. Now, of course, I don't think accounting will ever be fun, but FreshBooks has taken out most of the pain and wasted time from the process. And our clients receive nice professional invoices, which they can access on any device, including mobile. And it keeps track of all invoices and even automatically sends clients a reminder if they're late in paying. (laughs) Not that that ever happens with our clients. FreshBooks is offering a month of unrestricted use to our listeners totally free right now, and you don't need a credit card for the trial. To claim your free month, go to freshbooks.com forward slash leader and enter engaging leader in the section that asks asks how you heard about FreshBooks. All right, so let's talk about my current favorite communication tools for teamwork. Number one, um, I think any given project team needs to have some sort of message board. And my our favorite that we use for most of our projects is Basecamp. You can find out more about that if you go to Basecamp.com. And by the way, we'll put links to all these resources that I'll tell you about on our show notes for this page, which you can find on our website at engagingleader.com forward slash 144 as in episode 144. Anyway, Basecamp is just a project management software, and there's lots of competitors like it out there. So pick your favorite. Um, you're going to need to find one that just works for your team. But um, it is really helpful if it has some sort of a message board tool. And that's just something where you can post. someone. Anybody can start a topic and uh, give access to different people to that topic. And then you can have a conversation uh, back and forth. People, different people can answer it. And uh, one of the things I like about Basecamp is it gives everybody the option to get email notifications. So whenever there's a message posted to a message board that they're following, they get an email, and they can reply to that email, and it'll go right on the message board. So for all those people that really do prefer email, it does give them that feature. But these comments stay, stay threaded, so there's much, much, much less risk of someone missing a message that somebody said or someone getting off topic or getting confused um, or replying to an old version of that. Uh, things just stay right uh, organized. And um, this is when I, I, we get the comment so quickly in every project that we try to, that we, where we switch people from working in email over to a message board like Basecamp provides. 
um, wow, this is so much better. I can totally see why you guys do this instead of relying on email all the time. Now, uh, another uh, option, which is not ideal, but I, I still do use it a lot, is Facebook groups. I use tend to use this with any group where I have a, a mixed team that they, for some reason, aren't going to all be on Basecamp or some other message board. Uh, Facebook is so ubiquitous that almost everybody has a Facebook account and is on there at least once a week. So, for example, if I'm on a volunteer board, um, I often will try to get that, uh, any, uh, the board or any committees that I serve on to have a Facebook gr- group for that board or for that committee. So, again, Because Facebook group works just like a message board. Um, and, it, it, again, it has all those advantages over email. And uh, the big disadvantage of Facebook groups is you got that um, distractibility uh, feature. Um, so I, you know, and it's not just me. It's obvious that a large percentage of any given uh, board or committee that is using Facebook groups hates when they have to go on there any day because they might get sucked into all the other conversations that are going on, on Facebook. It's so tempting and distracting, but um, that is an option and it's free and so ubiquitous. So it's worth considering if you don't have another tool, um, especially you know, a lot of those let's say a, a, a committee or a board, you get, let's say, half of the people that aren't very tech savvy and it's sometimes more trouble than it's worth to try to get them to um, join you on something like Basecamp. But they're already on Facebook and probably already using groups and so it's just sort of a, a natural thing to consider. So number one is some sort of a message board tool like base, like like the tool that exists within Basecamp among their other features. Number two is instant messaging. My current favorite uh, tool for instant messaging is Voxer, which I talked about earlier. That's V as in Victor, O-X-E-R.com. And what I like about it is in addition to sending instant messages, like a typical chat or text message that you would um, be able to do, is you have the option to just press a button and record your voice. And then when you press that button again, that message goes off to them sort of like a voicemail or a walkie-talkie, and uh, they get it, and they can respond by text or by voice. And if you leave the app open, the conversation actually happens live. You're just talking back and forth. And you have the option, when you're not talking live, to speed up their uh, audio, So, um, which you may have be doing this on your when you listen to podcasts, too. You may right now already be listening to me in double time or triple time if I don't talk fast enough for you. But usually when someone's leaving you a voicemail and they start doing the slow talk because they're thinking while they're talking, um, you can, it's nice on Voxer, you just hit the button that changes it to double time or triple time and it speeds the whole thing up. I love it. Voxer has an app that works for iPhone and Android and probably for Windows Phone, I don't know. And they also have a just a web, you can do it on a web page too. It's all free, but there is a, a premium version. But I, to be honest, I haven't ha- felt the need to upgrade to the premium version yet. But I've been using Voxer for something like a year now, and I, I may at some point decide to switch to the premium version. And it's only 30 bucks a year, so it's not that bad anyway. But what's great is uh, you just can get, if you can get other people to to uh, get going on Voxer, they can do it for free. Just because you're on the paid version does not mean they need to be. The second type of instant messaging tool that I use 
is the ping feature, which is part of Basecamp 3. So our Basecamp project management tool has an instant messaging feature within it. And I like that because it is searchable, which was one of the considerations. Uh, Voxer doesn't, um, I don't usually use Voxer for things that are going to require searching. So Basecamp, uh, the Basecamp's ping feature is more like traditional chatting or text messaging, um, but it stays within the Basecamp structure, and so it is searchable. And um, and yet, you depending on how their the person's settings are on their phone or other device that they're using, it'll pop up and give them a notification just like a, a text message would. Speaking of text message, that's my last resort, is uh, either an iOS message or a just a regular mobile text message. If I just need to get a hold of someone, find out, hey, where are you? Uh, are you going to join this call or not? Or what's the answer to this? I'll go ahead and send them a text message. But I prefer to use Voxer or Ping if I can help it. It's just that when working with different people, you find out that some of them um, don't stay on top of the messages in other places, but everybody stays on top of their iOS and mobile text messages. Uh, are almost everybody, I should say. It's like 99%. Something like uh, 90% of text messages are read within the first three minutes. So you're pretty much guaranteed to get their attention right away. Um, it's just not as efficient because of the, some of those other considerations that we talked about, such as searchability. And also, not everything that I Voxer about you know, has to be super, super urgent. And so if I get a text message from somebody, I'm assuming that it's something urgent from very very urgent from them the next category is some kind of tool that allows you to do screen captures and screen recordings and by screen capture I mean in uh, images or you take a, a screen grab or a, a, a take a picture of your screen or a part of your screen so that you can show something to somebody uh, and send it to them in versus a in, in a email or a chat uh, or on a message board, just to give them a picture of what you're talking about. And by screen recording, I mean you take a video of your screen so you can show them that you're, I'm clicking here, I'm clicking there, or uh, I've got this issue with this paragraph that you wrote. I don't quite like this sentence. Maybe change it such and such, or consider this, or move this over there. When you think it's going to just be helpful and faster and more effective to show something visually, either with an image or a video of your screen, there's different tools that you can use. I haven't tried them all, but one I have used for a very long time is Snagit, which is a paid product that you can buy from techsmith.com. I don't honestly know if it's the best. It's just very easy, and everybody I've ever shared, showed it to agreed it was easy and, and reasonably priced and everything. It, it helps you be more precise with a screen capture. You don't necessarily always have to grab your whole screen. You can just zoom in the part you want. You can easily add arrows or circles, whatever you want to do. And you can do easily an image or a video and uh, send that to someone as an attachment. Or you can upload the video to YouTube or Vimeo or some other service and just provide, uh, send someone a link to that, which is what I usually do. So again, that is Snagit. Like I'm going to snag something and send it over to you. Snagit by techsmith.com. So we've talked about message boarding instant messaging, screen capturing, or screen recording. And number four is conference call with optional screen sharing and optional webcams. As I mentioned earlier, I uh, always try to turn any 
conference call or at least have the option that if we're having a phone conference call with people that at a moment's notice as soon as we realize you know this particular conversation we're having could go faster or be more effective if we had some kind of visual if we were sharing a screen or if we could see each other's faces and so I like to have conference call options that uh, let people do it by phone or by uh, web depending on the need uh, and so two that I've used a lot, I've used a whole bunch, but I, I tend to fall back on two repeatedly. One is freeconferencecall.com. Yes, it really is free. I do not know how they make their money. I have used this for well over 10 years. I think I've used it since all the way back in, 20, in 2004. Freeconferencecall.com. You can, as I, you can right now just go to that website and sign up and get a free account have a, a, a number that people can call into. It's not toll-free. Um, they have to pay tolls, and I, maybe that is how they make their money on those tolls. But So it's it's a long-distance call for everybody, although I think you could upgrade it to a, a, an option where they would have a toll-free number. But most of, it's so rarely an issue anymore because almost everybody has um, uh, unlimited long-distance. And included in the free product is... A, uh, is, is screen sharing and webcam. So, um, and anybody, c they can either call in by phone or they can go over the, their computer over the internet. And if they go over the internet, they can, um, you or them, anybody can share the screen or they can share a webcam. Um, and they don't have to download software if they're just looking at your screen or looking at your webcam. If they, anybody who is going to be sharing their own screen or their webcam, they need then need to download some software, and that's free software. Um, but if they otherwise, they could just put the a certain URL in their browser and see what you want them to see. So the advantage of that over other options such as WebEx or GoToMeeting, which I've used those a lot as well, but um, we tend to give up on those because there's always somebody who can't get those to work. Like they've got some kind of firewall at their company that won't let them use them or every single um, time we have a meeting it's asking them to download new so uh, software all over again and so you waste 10 or 15 minutes at the beginning of every meeting and so we found that freeconferencecall.com and some others that we've used are just save time because if nothing else they can just paste that URL into their web browser and just be able to see your screen and the problem goes away and they can call in by phone if they want. Uh, so another alternative to freeconferencecall.com is join.me. Use that a lot. Um, basically all the same pros and cons, except uh, join.me has been shifting over from a free version to a paid version, and you don't get a whole lot from their free version anymore. So we tend to, if, if you want, if it's important for people to have free, then freeconferencecall.com is the better option. Uh, we use Skype a lot, too. Um, and that's a that the disadvantage of Skype. The primary disadvantage is there's no option to call in by phone, and so depending on where everybody is um, on your team, it may not be a problem. And and we do we do Skype because it's so quick. We can boom, jump in a meeting. We can see each other. We can share a screen and so forth. But um, 
any if you're for standing calls, for example, and you just don't know, don't know. Hey, on Tuesday mornings at ten o'clock, am I always going to be at my desk? And is everybody else on the team always going to be at their desk? Or do they sometimes need to be able to call in by phone? Um, or uh, even if they have an app, maybe they're not somewhere they have enough internet coverage. So using something like freeconferencecall.com just is more flexible because it allows people to call in by phone. And whether they do it by phone or web, they can hear the same and participate in the same conversation. So that's a big um, advantage of the other versions. So in addition to Skype, um, another very uh, popular tool is Google Hangouts, which I have used. And we've tried repeatedly because we use Google Apps for so many other things, and it would be nice just to stay integrated and stay in the Google family. But so far, we have just found Google Hangouts to have poor reliability when it comes to the, the, act, the, the online meeting parts where you're trying to share a screen or webcam. And we just fall into where we are wasting 10 or 15 minutes too often at the beginning of our online meetings. And uh, again, also, there's no option to call in by phone. So, so far, although Google Hangouts might, might become improved at some point, Google keeps promising they're making it better. Uh, we just haven't experienced that. So we will, we usually will use, uh, if not freeconferencecall.com or join me, we'll use Skype. So that's conference call with optional screen sharing and optional webcams. And number five out of the six types of tools that I think is important to have in your toolbox is document commenting. That seems like, whoa, all of a sudden we're getting very specific. Well, it's because a heck of a lot of of uh, teamwork communication, collaboration communication, is about discussing some sort of document. Let's say it's a draft that somebody has put together on your team, or uh, that, or it's a document that a client has shared and wants something, some kind of work done to it. And so, for whatever reason, the group is talking, is communicating about a specific topic. And um, it's some of the other types of communication, like a message board, for example are slower when it comes to document commenting um, because it's quicker just to put comments right in the document itself. And so whenever possible, we do that kind of communication in the document, whether it's, if it's a Microsoft Office file, we'll use the commenting tool within that software. Or if it's a Google Apps file, we'll use the commenting tool in Google Apps. Or if it's a PDF, we'll, you will use Adobe Acrobat to comment and reply on each other's uh, comments and so forth. Uh, the second, the sort of primary alternative to the within the document commenting tools is um, commenting in Basecamp in their their task using their task commenting fe feature, and I think a lot of other similar project management tools uh, work the same way. In Basecamp, there's the sort of like a regular message board where you're just having um, non-document specific conversations, but when we're talking about a specific document, usually uh, we will uh, use what in Basecamp is called task commenting and where we've assigned a task to somebody and then it's about a, that document and so we have the commenting within that task. It's basically like a, it, it's very much just like a message board but it's associated with a specific item. If I've confused you, don't worry about it. It basically just think of it as a message board. Why would you want to do some kind of message board instead of uh, in-document commenting? Well, you, it's usually just because if you're trying to have quicker back and forth uh, discussions or 
if you've got a bunch of people that are discussing and it's just helpful to have it all in a thread and all uh, more simultaneous. If you're doing commenting within a tool, then um, the it, and you've got those kinds of needs, whether you need quicker um, interaction or online or uh, uh, sort of real-time collaborative commenting back and forth, then you need to make you need to use something like um, Office Online or Google Docs Online, and uh, that way you're not missing each other's comments and you're not you don't have to make sure you're taking turns as you would if you're using a traditional Microsoft Office document or a, a PDF file. And then the last type of communication tool that should be in your toolbox is some sort of real-time collaboration. In other words, simultaneous document editing. And uh, this is, picture of this is if you're having a face-to-face -face meeting, a live meeting where you have a whiteboard and you're all looking at the same whiteboard and you can see in real time as someone is writing on that whiteboard and uh, you can see them make changes and if you want to jump up and write on the right whiteboard <laughs> whiteboard yourself you can and everybody else can see that and over the internet tools like Google Docs which is my favorite for that type of work um, another is Microsoft Online they let you have that kind of experience so you are real time seeing each other type and edit right on a specific document or spreadsheet and uh, different people can be doing that exactly at the same time and you can see you can tell who's writing what so those are my six current favorite communication tools what do I use at any given moment well it depends on those ten considerations it's not like I have a, a checklist that I pull out every time but I, I do quickly think about okay what how am I gonna? We gonna? How are we gonna discuss this? And uh, do I want this to be real time or on demand? Does it need to be um, silent, uh, instant, and so forth? I do quickly think about the different considerations, and then I pick the appropriate tool to use to have a specific type of collaboration communication. All right, engagers. Hope that's helpful for you to uh, think about those different types of communication tools for collaboration communication. And uh, again, we'll provide all the links to those on our show notes for this uh, episode. So if you didn't catch what I was saying or what the website was to get a certain tool, um, you can go to our website and grab that. That's going to be at engagingleader.com forward slash EL144 as in Engaging Leader episode 144. Thank you to our sponsor, FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Remember, you can claim a free month if you go to freshbooks.com forward slash leader and enter engaging leader in the section that says how did you hear about us this is a production of Aspendale communications a consulting firm that specializes in workforce communications my colleagues and i partner with mid-size and large employers to attract top talent engage employees and deliver superior business results in several areas including talent management workforce health engagement benefits and compensation business transformation and more find us at aspendalecommunications.com so, by the way, I'm wondering, is that going to convince you to go give something else a try besides just email and uh, traditional telephone conference calls? Go ahead. Take a step. Do something crazy. <laughs> our thanks to Monica Harrison, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cecily Leahy, our web intern, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, in the 21st century, the real movers and shakers aren't just leaders, they're engagers.